Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. Well, Bobby, this week we're on the border of Milwaukee and Brown Deer, the far northwest side of the city, at one of the oldest homes in the city of Milwaukee. Yeah, there's, you know, there's actually quite a few homes from the 1850s, 60s, 70s. And people are always asking, what's the oldest home? And I always kind of try to carefully dodge that because there's so many um, if, ands, or buts and asterisks and things. But this is definitely among the oldest houses built in 1855 in what was the town of Granville at the time. Wow. Okay. And I mean, talk about the original construction. It still has like fieldstone boulders, right? For the foundation. Yeah. So the whole house is made out of stones. Um and what's interesting is that since the 1950s, that stone has been exposed. So if you see super early pictures of the house, it was sort of, uh, it, w- it was rendering over the stone. So it looked like sort of like a, like a plaster smooth uh, outside. But a guy who owned it in the 50s and did a ton of renovation work removed all that so you could see the original boulders. So the, uh, that's how it looks now, as you can see the, the boulders uh, on the walls outside. But if you go in the basement, it's also got a cool fieldstone uh, basement foundation. Well, let's go back to 1855 and talk about uh, who built this home. And this was on a big piece of farmland too. So so Isaac Leister and his brother came from Pennsylvania. Um, and not long after they got here, they bought um, 160 acres of land um, and split it in half. So they each got 80 acres. Uh, and Isaac built a smaller house originally on the site. Um, They got here in 1839, so it's actually quite a few years before this house was built. So he had a previous house there, um, tore it down, built this house in 1855. um, And then soon after, actually, a couple of years later, the well, more than a couple, a few years later, the Civil War breaks out. And actually, Isaac's brother goes off goes off to war and everything. So this house is a pre-Civil War house. It's it's pretty amazing. And you actually looked at draft records from the Civil War to do some research on this home, right? Yeah, and the brother, Charles, actually um, enlisted. And what was funny is when I posted the story to Facebook, um, a commenter said that his great-great-grandfather enlisted at the same time as Charles Leister, wow. which I thought was really interesting. Wow. So Charles serves a couple of years, gets injured, and then uh, is, dis- is, uh, is uh, sent home. Uh, in the 1860s, but it doesn't appear that Isaac actually served. He registered for the draft, um, but I didn't find any records that he actually was drafted. You think about that era in the city with, uh, you know, with the old soldier's home that we've been to and I've seen that property develop into this, this incredible restoration and architecture of that time. It does really feel special to, to just be inside a building of this vintage in the city. I mean, you go to Europe and, you know, of course, 1855 looks pretty new, but uh, here in Milwaukee, you know, this is definitely one of the oldest. Yeah, and you, you definitely when you go out there and you feel it, because even now it's not, I mean, I wouldn't cut it a remote part of the city. I mean, there's plenty of people who live out there. It's not uh, desolate, but it's really far from downtown Milwaukee. And you think about in 1855, how far it must have seemed and how isolated it must have seemed from like what was Milwaukee at the time. It, it had to be kind of rough living out there. Well, we're talking about this 1855 pre-Civil War home in 2022 because it's being renovated again and it's going to be listed for sale in the future. Uh, you could be the third family to occupy this historic 1855 home. Find out more about that in our extended conversation next on Urban Spelunking. 
If you're looking to have some fun in Milwaukee, we've got you covered. You can count on us to spotlight local music, events, and stories every hour, every day. All of these programs are free to enjoy because of support from listeners like you. When you join Radio Milwaukee today, you're supporting our local focus. And you'll be entered to win a $100 gift card to Buttermint Finer Dining and Cocktails. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org slash donate to make your gift today. We are back. So this is... Um we should also mention this is where, where Dretzka Golf Course is now. I don't know if we said this earlier on, but we definitely should say that the reason there is a Dretzka Golf Course is because Isaac Leister bought those 80 acres. And then the person who owned the house after his family, uh, Will Langanall, sold 76 of those acres to the county to build that golf course. Probably got a pretty good offer, I'd imagine. What do you need? I mean, he still kept four acres, which is quite a bit. And on a city lot, right? Yeah. And then he sold, I mean, at the moment, the house is only on about an acre. He's so, you know, um, most of the, almost all of the land was sold off. So Dretzka golf course, um, becomes part of the property or the transfer of land happens when? Uh, that's in the 1950s. Yeah. So, um, so the Leister family owned it well into the 20th century. And then, uh, this Willard Langanall bought the house and he was a, um, sort of an amateur carpenter, but he'd been doing it since he was a kid. So he had really good skills and he is the one who completely renovated the house, um, in the fifties. And it was such a big deal at the time, um, that he actually won, um, a sort of do it yourselfers award from the journal newspaper, newspaper, which then did a huge story about all of the work that he did on the house, which was sort of a goldmine for me. Because uh, then I mean, in one article, I had all this information about what he had done um, in 1950. And the first thing he did was to tear down a really wonky addition in the back that was falling down, like a wood addition. Um, and he built a porch there. He took off a crumbling porch on the front. He Yeah, the, the house was in pretty rough shape, it sounds like, when he started the renovation, right? Like the floors were kind of yes. a little questionable, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> it seemed like, I'm not sure if anybody was living in it at that point, because it seems like, as you say, it was in really bad shape. Um, he had to pull up and redo all the floors. So you go in there now, and it has cool hardwood floors, but they're from the 50s. They're not, the 1950s, they're not from the 1850s. He's the one who took the render off the outside so you could see the stone. Uh, he yeah, speaking of the floors, you mentioned in the story that um, that if you if you pressed hard enough with your foot, right, there was a quote in the story about the furniture would start to move towards the center of the yeah. room. What was yeah, that? yeah? So it was it was definitely in need of replacement. <laughs> so he did a lot of work, and you know, a lot of people are saying, well, that the current owner who is doing a lot of work to fix up the house should be keeping the 1850s stuff inside. The problem is. Uh, most of that 1850 stuff went away in the 1950s. So um, what the what the current owners are doing at the moment is fixing up what's inside um, and keeping most of the 1950 stuff, which, you know, that's... Yeah, 100 years, uh, you do for a renovation, right? And it's part of the house. It's part of the history of the house, right? I mean, people people have lived in the house for, you know, 170-ish years. Um, Stuff's going to change, right? If you own the house and you live there, you're going to tinker stuff. So in the fifties, Langanall took down that addition, took the render off the outside, rebuilt the chimney, redid the floors, changed some of the interior walls and stuff. And he built lots of built-in closets, um, and, uh, things like that. So all of that stuff, uh, is staying except for, I will say the kitchens and bathrooms are being modernized because those, you know, nobody really wants 1950s 
<laughs> right. technology in those rooms right. anymore, right? So in the 1950s, the renovation that got the attention of the newspaper, um, was was this home kind of a prominent home in the 50s too? Or were people fascinated by by its age then? Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, obviously it was much less old at that point. It was, But still it was 100. When he was doing the renovations, it was 101. So it was still, you know, yeah. people in the 1950s knew that a, an 1850s house was still special in Milwaukee where most stuff doesn't go back that far. So it was it was definitely notable for its age. Okay, so that's the 1950s. What about 2022? What's going on there now? So um, this small company owned by uh, a couple of guys who do a lot of um, the work themselves, like HVAC stuff and all that kind of thing, um, they bought the place in February and they are readying it to sell it again. Uh, that they're not planning on living. It's an investment property for them. They're fixing it up and then they're going to put it back on the market when they're done. Um, But they're doing a lot of work. They're cleaning the stone outside. They're, you know, um, it looked like they're, when I was there, it looked like they were tuck pointing the chimney. Uh, They were doing roof work. They were painting um, inside and outside. They were um, retiling around the fireplaces, installing a whole new kitchen, upgrading the bathroom, like doing all kinds of stuff. Getting they, some love, yeah. Yeah, and they and their the basement which was basically just a rustic basement, they're actually um like dirt dirt floor rustic? No, not, no, not quite that bad, not, but, not quite not quite dirt floor rustic. But they're like drywalling some little rooms in there so that people can have usable space and the the back porch um that Langanall had built, they're turning into like a um a utility room with laundry facilities and that kind of stuff. So it's going to be really nice. And, um, well, Hey, real quick. I mean, while we're talking about the basement, was, was there a basement toilet? Do you know? I did not see a basement toilet. <laughs> I saw no basement toilet. This one might be too old for, even for the basement toilet. Yes. Yes. But that reminds <laughs> me, they're actually redoing a lot of the plumbing and the electricity. I mean, they're really bringing everything up to, um, to modern standards. So when somebody buys it, I'm sure they're going to pay more than these guys paid, but these guys are earning their, definitely earning their, um, their profit. Cause they're putting a lot of work and money into it. So it's not on the market yet, but your your understanding is that, you know, they're they're wrapping up the, the project. You said the construction's still underway, but as soon as that's done, they'll get it on the market. So just kind of keep your eyes peeled if you want to be the third occupant, the third uh, family to live here. Yeah. So they said they were hoping for late spring, early summer to get it back on the market. Because um, obviously for them, once they put, pour all this money and effort into it, they want to get make their money back as soon as possible, I'm sure. Um, I will definitely write something though. And maybe we can talk about it again here when it goes back on the market. Because they invited me to come back and see what it looks like once it's all the work is done, too. So I'll probably do that. Before we go, I just wanted to ask you a little bit more about the town of Granville. This was a, kind of a bit of interesting history that we uh, kind of glossed over at the beginning. This was a, a separate part of the city that was actually independent and annexed by Milwaukee? Yeah, it was founded um, in the... 19th century on its own. It was a whole, it was a huge, huge township, the town of Granville. Um, and then in the late 1950s and into the early 60s, uh, they went through the process of annexation and part of it was annexed to Brown Deer and the rest of it was annexed to Milwaukee. So now when people talk about Granville, Granville is technically just a neighborhood in Milwaukee, but it refers to the part of the city on the far northwest side that used to be the town of Granville. That's right. We got it. We should we should go out with a little Milwaukee <laughs> trivia like that every episode. Look at that's great. I love that. We should. Well, pictures from inside the Leicester House at RadioMilwaukee.org slash podcasts. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple, just click the info box on whatever 
podcast platform you listen to. And you can find a link right to Bobby's story as well. That's probably the quickest way to get to his site. And um, you don't want to miss his pictures. And there's always a lot more on, on, on Bobby's story. So make sure you're checking out On Milwaukee. It's, uh, it is the basis for the podcast. So definitely go there. Podcast here on 88.9 produced by Kenny Perez. And we would love to hear from you. If you've got feedback for us, you can leave us comments, rate and review the podcast and make sure you subscribe. We've got new episodes coming out every Tuesday from 88.9 and on Milwaukee. All right, Bobby, next week, we're talking about a new food hall in Milwaukee. We are. We're talking about uh, a bit about the new food hall. And we're probably going to be talking at least as much, if not more, about uh, the bank and the banks, I should say, that occupied the building since it was built in 1949 until 2019. And this is not the food hall. This is not the third market or third street market in uh, downtown. This is a different food hall. This is on the west side. All right. We'll come back next week. We'll tell you more about that next Tuesday from Radio Milwaukee and on Milwaukee.